Good morning, church family. Well, I hope you're adjusting well to during these days, these very interesting days. Today, I'd like to continue with what Jonathan started last week, and that's our series, basically, Faith Over Fear. If you have a Bible, which I hope you do, go ahead and grab that and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, in this letter, Paul is encouraging Timothy to basically hang in there. Uh, Timothy is, appears to be really struggling. And of course, we know in the first century that Timothy and Paul both faced heavy persecution. But for Timothy, it seemed to go a little further than that. And as you read these two letters that Paul sends Timothy, you'll find that it seems he's facing days of uncertainty. Uh, he's dealing with anxiety. There's fear associated with what he's dealing with, uh, frustration. He's overwhelmed. And even at times, it appears that he feels all alone in, in, in the situation. And so Paul is writing these letters to encourage him to, to basically hang in there through it all. And really, if you look at these letters, you could say, well, they kind of fit for today, especially with the crisis that we seem to be dealing with here in our nation. Maybe even some of you can relate to some of these things that Timothy is experiencing. Now, when it really comes to our faith, there are times when faith requires courage and even fortitude. And that's what I want to talk with you about this morning. Well, as we look at the idea of fortitude, I, I did a little study and I found that there's actually three main definitions for this word. Uh, we find that it means enduring trouble, suffering or adversity without giving up. And of course, we see that is fortitude in and of itself. But then there's another way of looking at it as resolute in, uh, excuse me, endurance. And then thirdly, the whole idea of firm conviction. Now, in the verses we're going to be looking at here in just a moment, we're going to see that there are demonstrations of each of these definitions. And the first one is enduring trouble, suffering, or, in, or adversity without giving up. Look at verse 10 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says, But you, Timothy, have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. Persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord, all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Basically, what you find in these verses is that Timothy is being told by Paul, hang in there. Don't stop now. Keep plugging along. Now, what's interesting about this is we believe this is the last letter that Paul actually wrote. And so these are his parting words for Timothy to, to stay in the ministry, to, to stay the course in what God had called him to do. And then in verse 12, he's basically saying, why are you surprised that you're dealing with all these things? We've been dealing with these things from the start. And all these things, this fear, this frustration, these days of uncertainty, that's, that's what the, the walk has been up to this point when it comes to our faith. And of course, we know that that's probably been our journey in these recent days. Next, we see another definition that seems to be demonstrated in this passage. We see this idea of resolute endurance. And it basically, when you look at it through the context of what we're looking at it, is to live a godly life in the midst of a diversity or a crisis that requires this idea of resolute endurance. The idea of being determined, 
firm in belief, the ability to stand up under distress. And we find him really addressing this in verse 13. He says, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned. Now, let's just stop right there to clarify verse 13. In the day that this was uh, being written and what Timothy was dealing with, he was dealing with those who were trying to deceive people away from the Christian faith. Some were Judaizers who basically added to the scriptures. And then there were those who who were just evil, who were just uh, basically disregarding scripture in, in its entirety. But, but what you see here is, is really, it's not necessarily what we're dealing with today, but the fact remains that this was a burden that Timothy was carrying. This is something that he had to lead the church through. And, and, and that's really when it comes to even your pastors today. We're attempting to seek the face of God and we're seeking to lead you as we go through these days of uncertainty. And I got to tell you, it, it, it hasn't been easy for any of us. Many of us are being stretched out of our comfort zones. Uh, many of us uh, uh, are called into ministry to shepherd the people and uh, we're limited in that capacity. But here, what you find, Paul is basically saying, yes, it's tough and it may even get worse. Verse 14, he says, in the midst of that, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you've learned them and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And so basically when he, when he says in verse 14, continue in these things, he's talking about continue in the things that you already know. Yeah, the world may be falling apart around you. Yeah, the days are uncertainty. Yeah, what's this crisis actually going to do? I mean, how's it going to play out? Is it, is it worse than they're telling us? Is it better than they're... What's going on? Well, according to what we see here, Paul is telling Timothy, just go with what you know. And if you know anything about God's Word, if you know anything about God, your faith will not be disappointed if you put your trust in Him. And he's encouraging him in that. And he's saying, Timothy, you've known the right things to do. You've known how to look at this. And then a third demonstration of fortitude we find here in the passage is a firm conviction. Now, I'm convinced that's what's missing in our day as we uh, live. And, and because I think many people are dealing with fear, uh, even fear that's not even seems to be any reality to it. Uh, so many insecurities that are out there. And to me, the reason people are, are that way and we're looking into a world that seems to be that way is because there's no firm conviction. There, there's nowhere for them to tie their life to certain beliefs. And of course, we know our beliefs come from God. But look at what he says in verse 16. Again, Paul's telling Timothy. He's telling him what he already knows, but he's just reminding him to encourage him. He says in verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. This comes from God Himself. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. This is, the, this is what the Scripture is all about. It is to, to, to warn us, to challenge us, to show us, to comfort us, to, to bring the right result is really what the Word is saying here. And then in verse 17, why would all these things be in place? That the man, that the person of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's that idea that we are equipped 
for everything in every season. And of course, we're dealing with something that, that's beyond what we've known uh, as, as a people. We've caught off the fact that we can get together. And it appears that's where we are, at least we are today as we look ahead. But when you begin to look at all this, you begin to see that our faith needs to be strong, not only in this situation, but in all the circumstances of life. And he's talking about it through the lens of fortitude. Now that we've defined fortitude in the context of faith, I want us to look now at how do we have fortitude in this crisis? Now, again, most of us have never seen days like this. I was talking to an older gentleman, really, uh, this past week, and he was telling me that uh, he hasn't seen anything like this since 1948 or 49. I can't remember the actual day when he was talking about the polio epidemic and when it was going out and how they had to shut down uh, churches and different things. So this is not new to the human experience, even here in the USA, or it's not new to us as a nation. It goes back, and it's before my time, but it does go back. So there have been times where our government has called us into times like this. And I think for many of us, because we've never experienced it, it's so uncertain and it requires us to continue to endure. So how do we have fortitude in this crisis? Number one, we need to embrace God's intention for the, for the crisis. Now think about this. This is the starting point. Most people can endure almost anything if they know that there is a reason behind what they're dealing with, what the crisis is. You mean there's, there, could be a, there could be something behind the crisis that God is doing something? Yeah, I think that's what we find in Scripture. God is sovereign. He's providential. It's that whole idea that nothing uh, gets, God knows what's going on. He, he's not confused by what's going on. He's not caught off guard with what's going on. Now, in James 1, verses 3 and 4, here's what it says. He says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, the word knowing here in verse 3 is experiential. It's not a bunch of head facts. It's not about me knowing facts about God. It's literally, I have been in relationship with God. I have experienced what He's all about, who He is, His care for me, and it's that idea that maybe I know that in the end, because every other time he's going to take care of me, he's going to take care of me. And not only that, there's a process that he's working in my life. He says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, I began to look at this phrase and I began to say, you know, what is he actually saying here? And, and it's really, I know this sounds crazy, but it's like a faith muscle. It's almost like, let's suppose your, um, your faith is, is like my bicep, which is huge when you, it, the camera's not showing it, but I mean, but anyway, but, but, but the more I work my bicep and the more investment I make in it and I begin to pump the weight and I begin to do what it takes to, to build my, my bicep, the strength of that, it's just like faith. The trials, the tribulations, the crisis, the difficulty are those things that have the potential to increase my faith. They increase my faith. They build my faith. And that's what he's talking about here. So knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And then he says, but let endurance have its perfect work. 
Now that implies two things. It implies that there's intentionality about what's going on here. It's going to produce something, okay? But not only that, it's talking about that maturing work. And then he says this, that you may be perfect. The word perfect there is not perfection necessarily. It's the idea of being fully developed, that you have what it takes. And then it says not only that, and complete. You not only have what it takes, you're developed for it. He's talking about being whole. You're a whole person. Now, to me, when I begin to think about things like this, this idea of being whole, I think of, of, of the fact that there's times in my life where I have insecurities. There's times in my life where maybe fear plagues my life or whatever it may be. And that may be, going, that may be what you're going through during this time. But, but here's what I know, that God's intention for our lives is not for us to be led astray by our insecurities, led astray by our fears and all the other things that come with it. He wants us to get to the point where we're lacking nothing when it comes to our faith. And that's what he says here, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. He wants us to come to the point where we realize we have all that we need to deal with this fallen world, the circumstances of life, the days of uncertainty. It's all he's got it handled. So the main intent for God allowing difficulty into our lives, maybe even this crisis, is to bring about maturity in us, that we can see that there is a work of God going on in our life. Second of all, how to have fortitude in the crisis. We need to nurture, or you nurture your spiritual roots during the crisis. So how do you do that? Well, you develop spiritual roots by building your life on the Word of God. Jesus tells us in the parable of the sower, why many may not endure in Mark chapter 4, verse 17. He says, and they have no root in themselves. Now, now the idea of what the way this parable is set up, when he talks about the root, he's talking about their faith. They, they have no faith. They, there's nothing that can be built upon here. And so endure only for a short time. They not only have no faith, they have no fortitude. There, there's something that's completely missing when it comes to what they're dealing with in life. And here's what he says. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, when crisis comes, troubles come, difficulty, maybe what we're facing here today, he says they immediately stumble. They're, they're faced with the reality that things are out of control. They're faced with the reality of a crisis, and all of a sudden, they, they, they stumble all over themselves. Why? Because they have no roots. I think it's even greater than that. They have no anchor. And it goes back to what fortitude does with our faith. It, it anchors us. Fortitude anchors our faith. It, it, it helps us through these times. Now, what have these days revealed to you about yourself? I want you to think about that. What's these days revealed to you about yourself? Do you like what you see? <laughs> Are you resolute? Have you been firm in your convictions? Think about what Paul's telling Timothy. He's saying, you know the truth. You've been assured of the truth. That truth has been alive and well in your life. Stick with that. It's the Word of God. But how many times when things like this come into our lives, it doesn't look that way. Think about this. What, what are others seeing in you? Do they see faith and fortitude or do they see frustration? I just want to get very transparent with you right here. I've been frustrated 
through this process. I, I have. I, it started for me last Thursday. And, and, and I really struggled when it came to trying to make the call and hearing all the things out there about whether we'd have church or not and all the different things that played out. And I was wondering, you know, basically, are we, are, you know, are we magnifying, making the problem worse than it is, you know? And, and I really struggled. I was going back and forth in my own heart. And, and, and really, when I think about it, I felt really frustrated. I felt displaced. I, I felt stretched. Many of us don't like that. I, as I've gotten older, I don't like that. And, and, and many times, for many of us, as, especially for me, I lost sight of what God may be doing in my own life through this whole thing. And, and I say, I, I've been in a bad place, to be honest with you. And, and, but here's one thing I do know. I'm convinced that God wants to do a work in my life through this. And I'm going to let him do that. It's taken some heart change for me. It may have taken, maybe taken some heart change for you. Maybe you came into this with the whole idea of frustration and, and anger or whatever, however, whatever emotion it may be for you. Maybe it's fear, whatever it is. The thing that we need to know is that we need spiritual roots to get us to where we need to be. When you build your life, listen to this, when you build your life on something that does not change, that being the Word of God, then you are stable. You have fortitude. You can endure. And for me, I'll be honest with you, I think the anchor came up. I, I think the roots weren't as deep as I really thought they were. And that's not easy for me to admit right now. But I don't know where you are. Where are you when it comes to this? Has this crisis revealed in something that you didn't really want to see? Next, how to have fortitude in the crisis. Direct your attention to God and not the crisis. Direct your attention to God and not the crisis. Someone has rightly said this. Listen to this. If you look at the world, you're going to be distressed. If you look within, you're probably going to be depressed. But if you look to Jesus, you can find peace. And I think that's what he wants us to have, even in the midst of the storms, the difficulty, and even through this crisis that we're dealing with. Therefore, the ability to survive a crisis, when you really think about it, depends on what your focus is on. What's your focus on? Is it on God or is it on the crisis? Think about Peter. He's out there in the boat and, and all of a sudden a storm comes up. They look out there and Jesus is just kind of casually walking by on the water. I mean, that would freak anybody out. But, but, but anyway, and, and Peter looks out there and he sees him and, 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 and he says, I want to come do this too. And so he, he basically said, Jesus, let me come to you. And well, at least he's bold enough to get out of the boat. He got out of the boat. He begins to walk towards Jesus. The whole time, can you imagine the, 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 the look of that? And he's focused on Jesus. He's probably grinning from ear to ear like a baby just learning how to walk. But this time he's walking on water. And then all of a sudden he begins to look around and fear starts to, pray, uh, to, to come to his heart. And, and all of a sudden maybe some insecurities and he's looking around. And he took his eyes off Jesus. He began to look at what was around him, the circumstances, the waves. And all of a sudden he began to sink does that describe maybe you during this time of crisis? Um, I don't know where you are, but I think for many, that's probably where many are. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus. This means he's basically setting him up to be the example. The author and finisher of our faith. 
He's the one that started our faith. He's the one that's going to see our faith through. He's the one that's going to be there when our faith becomes sight. That's what this is saying. And then it says this. He's the example. And it's speaking of him, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want you to think about this. How did Jesus endure the cross? He looked beyond the crisis of the cross and looked at what God was doing in his life and what God was going to do through the salvation that he would provide. He looked beyond himself and saw the bigger picture. So my question to you is this. Not only where's your focus, but are you looking at the bigger picture? That God may want to do a deeper work in your life as a result of this crisis. Next, how to have fortitude in the crisis. Use your experiences to help others through the crisis. Paul said to those at the church at Corinth, here's what he said. If we are distressed, he's speaking of himself, if we are distressed, it is for your comfort and your salvation. He's saying if we're going through all these troubles and all these crises and all this, I just want you to know because we're connected, it's for your benefit. And then he says this, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. He's basically saying that there's a connection that we make together when we suffer. When crisis comes along, there's a connection that can be made. Now, I think also he's basically saying this, which I think is a great word. Don't waste a hurt. Don't waste a difficulty. Don't waste a crisis. Use it to help, comfort, and encourage others. I think that's a paraphrase of that verse. Now think about this. Even though we can't meet together, we can still reach out during this difficult time. We can still reach out. This is one means that we've chosen to do that. And all of us can do that. I want you to think about the redwood trees. Uh, I've had the privilege to go to California and see the redwood trees. I've never seen anything like that in my life. <laughs> and you're just totally blown away. You think how small you are when you're standing amongst those trees. And what's interesting about those trees is they all live in groves. It's not just one tree like that. They're all together. But there's something that goes on. They can grow to be 350 foot tall. That's taking a football field and turning it on its side and going another 50 feet basically above that. And, and so, but here's the interesting thing. This will blow you away. The root systems of these trees are only five to six feet deep. Imagine that. 350 feet high, five to six foot deep. How does anything constructed that way stay up? Well, here's the key. The root system actually extends out 100 feet from the base of the trunk. 100 feet. Now, that's impressive in itself. But here's the key that keeps those trees upright. The roots intertwine with other trees, and at places they even fuse together. There's a fusion part that comes together, which gives them tremendous strength against the forces of nature. You see, the reason you don't see a redwood out by itself anywhere is because it couldn't exist on its own. I think God has, has basically put the church together in such a way that we're not intended to exist alone. We're intended to connect. We're intended to come together, especially when it comes to a crisis especially when we find that our faith may be failing at times and our fortitude and endurance may not be there. Maybe, maybe we're called to, to throw a, a life raft out to someone and, and encourage someone, but we need to be there 
for one another to help each other. Think about it. Use your experiences to help others through the crisis. Reach out to your neighbors. Great opportunity for outreach. Reach out to those in your connect group. Look for creative ways to serve others. Find a way to minister to those around you through this crisis. Next, how to have fortitude in the crisis, rely on God's power in the crisis. God never meant for you to go through this crisis on your own and to rely on your own strength. Paul knew something about this when he wrote in Colossians chapter one, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious power. He's basically saying, strengthening with all power, he's basically saying there's, there comes a point when it comes to serving God that, that everything we need is provided. Okay, that's what he's saying when he says strengthen with all power. But then he says his glorious power, he's basically saying, and, and here's what's available. He's introducing you to what's available. And why would he do that? So that you may have great endurance and patience. And here's the other word, enjoy. I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I'm enduring and going through something and the whole idea of patience is in the equation, joy is many times as far from that. I mean, the world knows nothing of this. But boy, when you look at it the way Paul's put it here, you mean to tell me that through all this, I can have joy through the crisis? When my world is shaken, when there are uncertain days, when there are things that are beyond my control, when I look around and I see all the suffering and, and death that's all around and wonder, you know, with fear, it, could that happen to me? We begin to see that God says in the midst of it all, there can be joy. But there's one thing that I'm convinced of. How do we get this joy? How do we make the connection between endurance and fortitude and joy? I think it comes through prayer. I think that's the only way it comes through. I think it, it happens, it, the seed of overcoming and becoming where God wants us to be in the maturing process. I do believe it starts with the Word of God, but I think it continues through prayer. Let me tell you what prayer does for me personally. Prayer gives me the right perspective. You see, those days of frustration when all this began, I, I didn't go in a corner somewhere and try to find the heart of God in this. I was just frustrated. I was angry at points. I, I, was, I was some of the inconveniences it was causing me. What are we going to do? Uh, that whole thing was sitting in front of me. But what's interesting is when I finally stopped everything and tried to figure out everything on my own, I began to open my heart to God and he began to speak to me. And you know what he did? He gave me his perspective about it. Not my frustration that was driving everything. I finally saw the focus. I, I shifted the focus from the crisis to God himself. And he began to show me his perspective as to what he may be trying to do through this crisis. That's the key. Lastly, how to have fortitude in the crisis. Expect God to bless through the crisis. Now, right now, many of you are not seeing the blessing of the crisis. I mean, let's face it. For some of you, it's work loss. For others of you, it's loss of income. For some of you, this is a major inconvenience. And for others, it's a major interruption, a big interruption to life. The plans that we had, the vacation we were looking forward to, all those things seem to be out the window, at least for the next couple of months. 
But listen to what the God's Word says, James 1.12. Blessed is the man who perseveres, who endures under trial, because when he has stood the test, when he's come through it the way God would desire him to come through it, he or she will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. So here's the key. There will be blessings from the crisis if you allow God to work through it. If you allow him to work through it. For me, it's going to require me to take time to evaluate my life. I think, I think everything's come to a standstill for a purpose. I think God's behind some of this. I really do. I think he's going to use it in many of our lives. Think about what it, the potential could be. New priorities for you in your life. Just rediscovering your family that may have been put on the back shelf for some time now. That rediscovery. Re, to, to come to a point where you really realize what's truly important in life. Maybe through it all, you'll find a better you. Maybe even through it deeper, you'll find a, a, a faith that is deepened because you've learned to trust Him with your fears, your insecurities, and with this crisis. So I want to review as we close how to have fortitude in the crisis. Embrace God's intention for the crisis. Find out what He's doing through it and join Him. Nurture your spiritual roots during the crisis. Direct your attention to God and not the crisis. Use your experiences to help others through the crisis. Rely on God's power in the crisis. And lastly, expect God to bless through the crisis. As a form of application this morning, I want you to take these questions. I want you to discuss them maybe with those right there in the room with you this morning your family or whomever you've gathered with. Or, uh, when you, if you're by yourself, get on the phone and y'all talk about this. But, but listen to these questions. What has these days of uncertainty, challenges and crisis revealed about you? What have they revealed about you? I mean, think about it through the lens emotionally. What has it revealed about you emotionally? For me, it was frustration. Let me tell you one thing I've learned about emotions. They wave the red flags of, of behaviors or thoughts that are not right. That's what emotions do for me. And, and so all of a sudden, all this emotion starts pouring out. I should have realized there's red flags that need to be addressed in my life. But not only that, spiritually, did you learn maybe through this that your root, the, roots, the spiritual roots of your life weren't as deep as you thought they were? What it, what, what, where, where does it lead you when you think about what you see through the crisis about yourself? And then here's the other question. How do you believe God will use this crisis in your life? Y'all, He wants to. I know it. I can read His Word and say there's a purpose behind this because He, those that love God, there's great things that can come from great trials, from great crisis, and this is one of those. And then lastly, I believe through this crisis, I believe God may be challenging us as men to take more of a spiritual leadership role in our homes. There's going to be some links below this uh, on the, here on the website. And, and there's tools that, that we have for you to help you lead your family during this time of uncertainty. I hope God will bless you during this time. I hope, I hope He'll show you things about your life that need to be addressed, that you can serve Him better, that you can be a better husband, a better wife, a, a, a better employer, a better servant to your community. Whatever it may be, 
Let God use this crisis. Don't let it be a waste in your life. Let him use it in your life. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you now and we just thank you so much for your goodness, Lord. Lord, even through the midst of the uncertainty and the crisis, Lord, we still see your goodness. Father, I, I know that for many of us, we're, we're conflicted. There's so many emotions running through us right now. And there's so many things that we're dealing with internally. Father, help us to refocus our lives on you. Help us to look to you, not the crisis. Lord, help us to realize that, don't help us to know that this doesn't have to be a waste in our lives, that we can trust you, that there may be something that you're up to right here. Even though this crisis is touching the whole world, there may be a specific thing that you want to put your finger on in our lives that this crisis would reveal. Father, help us to have your mindset on what you're attempting to do. Father, again, we thank you for the privilege to love you, to serve you. And Father, maybe through it all, help us to find unique ways to serve those around us, to show love in a time of crisis. Lord, help our lives to stand out from those who do not know you, that we can magnify and make you known to the world through this crisis. Lord, I just thank you so much for who you are and pray that you'll continue to bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this morning.